Hello there. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm very excited to introduce the Star Wars theme podcast today. I'll be starting off with my section. It won't be too heavy, nice and fun, keeping everyone light to Steve and Aaron today. So I'm going to jump straight into it. Has everyone seen the Star Wars movies? I have seen them, yes. All yeah. of them? Yeah, every single one, plus the, um, the extra ones. The Rogue One, uh, the Han okay. Solo. I'm a connoisseur, what can I say? Okay, make sure. This is an interrogation, by the way. So. Oh, damn. Aaron, have you seen them all? I haven't, you haven't said yes. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them all. I've seen, uh, I've seen everything Star Wars related other than the Clone Wars uh, TV show. Everything Star Wars related? Oh, I'm impressed. I'm not going to lie. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. impressed. It's just that. Yeah, I just haven't seen that cartoon thing. But beyond that. Yeah, that's good. Well, obviously, Star Wars is popular. It's the second highest grossing movie franchise ever. Does anyone know the first, by the way? The first. The just first? Guess. Oh, let me, let me throw a little guess out there. The highest... <laughs> Is this the one that's made the most money, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Star Wars the second. Uh, it has to be the Marvel franchise then, no? Nah. Yo, you... or, or does that count nah. as a franchise? Nah, everyone's right. It's Marvel. I'd see, I it's Marvel. You. Easy. Easy. Oh, really? They got a lot of movies, though. They got a lot of movies. Yeah, it so. seems a bit unfair. They've got like, what, 30, yeah. 40 movies? Yeah. It can't be 40. Definitely 30. Yeah, no, I just kind of threw it out there. But yeah, they've got yeah. a lot of movies, yeah. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is fifth though, which I'm pretty impressed by. I'm pretty impressed. I come fifth for Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, they've got like six movies as well, don't they? Yeah, but I don't, does the Hobbit the Hobbit count? I don't know. I don't know. The list didn't tell me what movies counted, so it might be just for your three movies. For me, the Hobbit will it's never three count. Movies, sure. Yeah, the Hobbit doesn't count for me. Yeah, this is about the Hobbit. This is not about the Hobbit. This is about Star Wars today. So, what's your favorite Star Wars movies and why? I want to know. Start with you, Aaron. So for me, my favourite Star Wars movie is probably a mix-up between Rogue One and mm-hmm. uh, the Revenge of the Sith, so the third one, where Anakin just goes absolutely crazy with it. Um, those those <laughs> two are my favourite What a way to do I, I love that movie because, you know, you, it's just like the build-up was for the whole, you know, prequel series was like, oh, yeah. what is Anakin going to do? How is Anakin going to turn? And in the end, it was just like, well, Anakin's a bit dumb and he just got manipulated. That was the real answer. But it was just so fun watching the whole process, especially the final fight with Obi-Wan and Anakin. Where, you know, he screams, oh, you are my brother. Oh, God, I love that. What do you think? Well, I agree with Evan. The third one, Revenge of the Sith, I mean, that's a classic, especially because it was in our generation. And maybe yeah. at, that, at that age, I wasn't like smart enough to put one and two together. And I didn't realize Anakin was Darth Vader until the very end. Oh. <laughs> okay, I so, can't lie. You're a bit too naive there. So you can imagine the shock I got when I saw him being real bit rebuilt after being molten much. <laughs> but I, I can say that like it's, between, it's either between that and funny enough, the uh, Han Solo film, which they recently released. I thought that was really mm-hmm. well made and uh, because it brought back some older elements, for example, Darth Maul, yeah. which um, obviously is our generation's like supervillain. Uh, it was really cool <laughs> to see him. Red of the Sith is definitely up there just for the production, the storytelling from one and two. So yeah, number three has to go like just straight up there. And the Rogue One, Han Solo were really, really good. But for me, I just, I'm a New Hope. I'm a nostalgia person. A New Hope, just when Star Wars got for the first movie I watched, and I just fed along with it, and I was just mesmerized from them. And just 
Yeah, Stink the trash. whole production, everything. I know. I love what I'm. A, this is me, isn't it? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover boy. Whatever they say, soft at heart. Whatever they say, garbage. Yeah, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that movie was garbage. But okay. No, can we please respect the original trilogy, please? Can I you please respect it? I can see this uh, basically spiraling into uh, us <laughs> destroying fight. the original trilogy because, in reality, Dan, we all know that it was a very trash uh, trilogy, <laughs> overrated. <laughs> it begins. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that, that, to, I'm, I'm sorry, laughing, but what? that was that was not. I don't want to watch a grown man, man fight puppets and you know geriatrics for fucking three hours straight. It was just ridiculous, man. Wow. Okay. The fight scene between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Don't get me started. It was so like rubbish. Wait, can we just say your favorite actor was what Arnold Schwarzenegger? And you're telling me about bad what? He's whoa, whoa, whoa. he's not my favorite actor. I just as a child growing up, I really liked Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was like an action hero all the time, innit? Yeah. No, but Dan, Dan, on, on, on Dan you're not a child anymore, though, my guy. If you were to turn around and say Predator was your favourite film of all time, it was the most nuanced film ever, then I'd obviously <laughs> question that too. No, but Dan, on a level, there was no effort put into that fight scene. I mean, like, acrobatically, athletically, there was nothing. They, they weren't even, like, at their normal <laughs> speeds, clashing. The, like, the director told them, oh, yeah, yeah, when you hit each other, though, hit it bare slow, isn't it? <laughs> like, I, what's I what's going on? in that movie. I could be up Darth Vader. I genuinely think I could be up Darth Vader in that movie. Okay, okay. Let's move away from the fight scene. And let's talk about the music. You have to admit, the music is some of the best movie music ever created. Can I just ask, who was the that composer? So I know, uh, was it Danny Elfman or John Elfman or something like that? Danny Elfman? Uh, John, John Williams. Or the prequels? John Williams composed the music for all nine Star Wars movies in the oh, really? So it wasn't Daniel. Mm-hmm. Where am I getting Daniel? Where am I getting Daniel from? from? Was that was that the guy who done Simpsons? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Unless my research or my memory is incorrect, but I've, I'm John Williams to me. Yeah, it was definitely and, um, John Williams. It was done. The first, the first six were by um, yeah, John. Thank you for co-signing that. And um, the first six were by the London Symphony Orchestra, and the London Voices Chorus or Choir. Sorry. I'm yeah, and then the last three, yeah, straight out of London, come on, man, we're, we're representing. And then, obviously, the last three, which weren't as good, were done by Hollywood, so you can kind of like... Surprise, surprise. Surprise, stinky. surprise, basically. Mm-hmm. Stinky, very stinky, stinky, very stinky. So what, yeah. So you're saying that for you, the uh, Star Wars franchise the soundtrack, the, yeah. the soundtrack is just the best one. Well, think about it, Aaron, like every film, they open up with the same iconic soundtrack. And like whenever you mm. hear it, you know what's coming up. Is all over the world? It's very um, like, you know what? For me, I kind of like the Godfather's soundtrack. I think that kind of rivals it. I, I mean, just the title soundtrack, just because you know that is iconic in itself as well. And I think I would listen to that tune when I was just sitting at home, for example. I wouldn't necessarily listen to Star Wars's opening tune. If that makes I sense. get what you mean. I get what you mean. The Godfather one is iconic, and you can listen to that. On like a gloomy evening in your room yeah but i'm talking about the scope the amount of music that like the darth maul fight scene anakin walking down to the jedi temple to kill everybody luke walking out onto tatooine to observe the sun setting yeah. like there's music and on scenes darth vader is so good and they're powerful yeah darth vader's tune the emperor's oh, yeah, true, true. Okay, march yeah, like, there's so many one. different soundtracks yeah that are just iconic like it is a different level. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, you don't really, I don't remember the, the, the three newest ones. I can't lie, I don't remember the songs on those ones. But the, Okay, can I just quickly six, say something real quick? Yeah. The three new ones, I don't consider them to even be canon. And I, we can get into it later <laughs> if your question is about it. I was like, no respect. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't count them. Those never happened. I, my eyes can't see, my ears can't hear, my mouth can't speak what I want to speak about those things. It was just terrible. It was, I don't want to discuss the, the newest three. Get them out of here. Get them all the way out of here. I don't, I don't want to hear anything about those. So what do you think Star Wars has done right? So we'll, we'll separate that. The newest three and then the rest of them. So what has Star Wars done right with the newest three and what have they done right with the previous ones? I think with the previous ones, I mean, Star Wars was the first franchise to do a, a kind of a very successful sci-fi-esque um, series. And what they were clever mm-hmm. is that they didn't just concentrate on the aliens. They brought like old elements, so like samurai kind of elements and uh, like Western, shoot, you know, like kind of cowboyish just Western mothers. elements. Yeah. Yeah, and they 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 were they they mixed it quite well with the uh, whole uh, Star Wars universe, um, obviously aliens and all that. So I think that's what they'd done initially very very well, and that's why they ended up being very successful. On the last three, I don't know what to say in it. I can just say like maybe the visuals were good in it. We we can say that, but apart from that, very suspect. Character wise, terrible. You know what? That wasn't even your question, but I'm going to go into it. Like, characters were <laughs> trash. I don't know who wrote go those on, characters. No, no. Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. It made no... The story actually itself made no sense. How's the man coming back alive? What was it? What was that guy called? Uh, uh, oh, Emperor Palpatine. Emperor, fam, Emperor Pal- Palpatine, yeah. He died. Man got chucked off uh, <laughs> of the Star Destroyer. He came back. So Listen, what? Don't, don't, don't make me speak. So are you serious? Darth Vader died for no reason. Big, big Darth Vader, right? For no reason. Ah, uh, yeah, that, okay, yeah, you're hurting my feelings now. Darth Vader died for nothing. Okay. No, absolute trash. So Anakin's whole arc was undone. It's no. Because he, yeah, it's no, basically. Uh, yeah, so now I was going to say for, um, for the three things that the originals, and I'm guessing when you say the older movies, you mean the originals and the prequels. I think what they done well in those was establishing a character, helping that character build its arc and, you know, having a final standoff. So I feel like they pre-planned everything when they were making those movies where they were like, okay, here's the starting point for this character. This is the point that we want them to reach. And this is going to be their journey throughout. Now the three movies that I hate with so much visceral hatred yeah what they completely messed up was the fact that as steve said there was no character development the characters made no sense what happened to the chinese girl that uh was in love with finn in the second i, I swear she wasn't even in the third one or was she i can't oh, even yeah. remember because they just completely Rose. ruined her character anyway though yeah. as you said anakin's whole story story arc has just gone to hell because they just well apparently darth sidious isn't dead now they introduced snoke who seemed like an interesting character and then apparently he's some kind of weird clone Thing. I mean, he just nah, what was that all about? That, that Snoke, that Snoke thing, yeah. You, you, you know what Snoke died. So what? You're telling me he's a supreme Sith Lord, yeah? But his lightsaber's <laughs> like rotating right in front of him, and he doesn't notice. What is this? A TV remote? Like, has he lost a TV I'm remote? My teeth. The way I'm kissing my teeth. Ridiculous. Horrendous. Disgusting. Dreadful. Garbage. It was just terrible. I hated everything about it. He just stank. He just stank to high hell. Is that your new ad lib? Garbage, Aaron. Are we garbage. Gonna... It's garbage. It's <laughs> garbage. It's, it's French. It's French for garbage. It's garbage. 
Okay, all right, simmer down, simmer down, settle down. No, okay, I'm, getting, I'm um, getting irate, I'm getting irate, my bad, my bad. I, I went to all the, like, the first viewing. So when we were in Sheffield, like, that's when the, the movies were being released uh university. So I used to go at, like, midnight with my flatmates and go and watch it. So obviously I was excited, paying premium money for this, spending, like, £100 on popcorn. That that was kind of stale. I don't know how they managed that, but it was stale. And then walking out of cinema and just being, like, I hate J.J. Abrams. Like, that was what we were saying. Because <laughs> he played you. I'm not going to lie. He played us. We got played, and I was like, "I've seen this before, about ten years ago, in not so HD." That's basically what they've done. They just, they just, yeah, two. Yeah, you're you're right. Like the story itself was literally a replica of the first three, wasn't it? Like, are you serious? You're gonna bring back another Star Destroyer? Like, are you, like what is this? How many do they have in their in their like pockets? Every, every like series, they want to bring back another one. It's like it followed the same kind of similar like storyline and i think what they did is uh, a lot of the complaint of the episode one two and three was that it wasn't uh, true enough to the original three and so what i think they did is going into these these new ones they tried to sort of link it back to the original trilogy but they did that a bit too much in my opinion and it just wasn't creative it wasn't a new story it was just absolute garbage Okay, let's not discuss this too much. It was terrible. There was, there's nothing redeeming about any of those movies. And I do have to put, kind of put it out there. A lot of people kind of stuck it on um, Oscar Isaac and John Boyega and so on. And they were like, oh, you guys are terrible actors and blah, blah. I actually think the actors done a fantastic job. Yeah, I agree. The actors I were agree. great. I thought the actors were fantastic. They all were great actors. They put down their roles correctly. But whoever wrote that script, whoever wrote that script should not be allowed 100 miles within any kind of, movie studio ever again okay because that, that script made no sense it made absolutely as i said with the originals it seemed like they created a character and said this is going to be the character's arc with this one they just they just said okay cool we're going to make this movie here and then we'll kind of spitball it for the next movie and then on it we'll spitball it for the third like there was no pre-planned destination yeah, that agree. they wanted to get to it was just absolute nonsense well before this turns into a bashing of the the new movies I want to find out a bit more about all of us, like try and relate ourselves to Star Wars. So, who's your favorite character? So, like, who do you relate to the most? If these are separate people, I, I really liked Qui Gon Jinn. <laughs> it's a weird one, but like his story arc was really interesting, and like his obviously the ending was quite uh, tragic. But um, he was like the father figure to the father figure, um, you know. And also, like, if you look into like the the extended universe he has quite an interesting take on uh between between what what like the jedi and the siths should be he uh the way i understand is that he like he took a middle line and sometimes uh like was he he was open-minded to try different techniques so although he was obviously a jedi he was he was a bit of a rogue so yeah i quite like Qui-Gon Jinn. um i think i've always had like an affinity towards the bounty hunters so just because when I was a kid, I kind of just liked their design. Um, I just thought they looked incredibly cool. So I used to always like Jango Fett, Boba Fett's dad, because he had the two pistols, the jetpack. He just looked really cool. Uh, and the actor that played him looked really cool as well. And uh, so I think now that The Mandalorian's come out, I probably have to say that that's my favorite Star Wars-related character, because at least with The Mandalorian, they've kind of fleshed out the character a little bit. You know, they've given him a, a proper backstory and you kind of, grow to like him and see what his personality is like but 
I think in terms of um, appearance, I like Boba Fett the most. And in terms of just like my favorite character overall, it's probably the Mandalorian. If we're talking just appearance, Darth Maul has to be the one, man. I mean, like, look at the guy. He's got like, I, I don't know if it's facial tattoos, if that's canon, but like his face is so cool. And then, yeah, in the end, it was, top um, it off. I think tribal, sorry, it's tribal. It was, it was wasn't a tribal it? Tribal kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, it's a tribal tattoo. And then on top, to, to top it off, his lightsaber has two ends. Are you serious? Are, are you <laughs> mad? Like that was insane. Man's doing backflips and slicing guys up with like two two ends. Like nah, nah, nah. He, he trumps it. Yeah, and the way he um, the way he appeared. Yeah, the way he appeared like Qui Gon on Tatooine. Just walking back to the spaceship. He just mm. came on a speed off, flipped off, showed up, and was like, "What are you saying?" And they're like, "Okay, this is serious now. Everyone get Levels. back to the ship." And then yeah, yeah, yeah so they, have to, they have to dust it quick. My favorite. Oh, such a tough question, but it has to be. I quite like Han Solo. Just the he's just like I'm the man. I'm gonna save the day. Yeah, that's it. But I also like a little bit of lightsaber play. So. Anakin. Lightsaber play. Why'd you say it like that? Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know. I was very kinky, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going yeah, on? What's that about? I've been watching a few TikToks, you know, you see a little bit I'm simping out here, you know. Jesus but Christ. yeah, I like Anakin. Just um just the way the, the, the prequels like developed his character, his anger, his confusion, mm. his want to protect and like he had his human because he obviously he wasn't he was my you know child. Yeah, they didn't brainwash people. They brainwash the children and stuff like that. He still had. To, he still grew up as a child without being trained as a Jedi. And then um, yeah, I think the yeah. um, the general kind of hatred towards Anakin always was like, oh, he's so whingy. Oh God, he has so many emotions, and it's like, you know, get over it. The guy was basically a slave as a child. Watched his mother yeah. get taken away from him. Then his mother died in front of him, and you're like, oh, why is Anakin always complaining? Like, why wouldn't he complain? It really annoys me when people go on and on about how bad the prequels were when we've got these new sequels to be bashing right here and people are exerting their energies on the prequels. I don't understand. Prime material. great. Prime bashing material, you know. No, it's insane. Oh, exactly. Pause, pause. Pause, pause. Moving on quickly, who do you think was the most useless character? Oh, don't <laughs> go <quite> there. <laughs> I'm quite interested in this one. You know what? A lot of people will say Jar Jar Binks, but I don't think he was that useless. I think like Jar Jar Binks was not useless. That's a lie. That's it's a lie, lie, isn't it? Yeah, like he played such a key comedic element in the first three. Honestly, like <laughs> he's one of the characters I remember. Like I won't forget Jar Jar because he's so iconic. <laughs> should I tell you? Should I tell you why he's not useless? Because I literally just watched the first, uh, you know, Star Wars Episode One recently, and basically in there, what happens is. When Padme wants to fight off the Federation, it's Jar Jar Binks who gets his people to come in and help out Padme. And that's how they beat the Federation in the first movie. So this guy literally bought an army to help out Padme and people are still calling him useless. He's not useless in any way, Fam, shape or form. Can I say? And he was the comedic element of the movie. So, can I say know. though, Darth Jar Jar, that's what I'm saying. Isn't it? If you know, you know. Darth yes. Jar Jar, yeah. If you yes. know, you know. If, if you, you know, know, you know. know it? <laughs> that would have been a better plot twist than the the absolute nonsense they gave us in these sequels. There you go. That's all I have to say. You know what? They could still bring God it out. damn you, Abrams. God damn you. They could still bring it out, you know? Like, imagine they have, like, TV shows and bare other media things that they could do. Yeah. Like, they could easily bring him through as Darth Jar Jar. And you know what? So many people would watch it. Like, we laugh, but if they did it, definitely you'd be watching it. 
listen, you need to make everything that came out in those last three movies uncanon, and then we can go back to we can go back to all of this other stuff. But with those three movies, they kind of ruin everything. Possibilities are endless. Like that's what makes that's what makes people love Star Wars because your imagination could just run wild. And talking with your friends as we are now, like all the possibilities, the theories, the conspiracies, and then they give us garbage, and then we garbage, and then we have to deal with that. But yeah, but for me, my most useless character, and I love Brian of Toth from Game of Thrones. Oh my god, yes. And I'm, I hate what they've done to. Uh, I what's the actress's name? Sorry if you remember, Aaron. Oh no, I can't I'll remember her name. She was on Phasma. She was Phasma, and I thought that character, the way they wrote her in, was so useless and so anticlimactic. I was, I was properly looking forward to seeing her. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie. And she came in. Gwendolyn Christie, thank you. Yeah, and I was looking forward to choosing the star. I really loved her in Game of Thrones. And I thought seeing her stars, I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to be really good. And it was just so anticlimactic. She spoke, like, maybe three lines and then just got beaten by Finn and fell into some flames. And I was just, yeah, I was just upset. And I just thought she was useless in the end. Yeah, I mean, again, another prime example of just starting a character off, deciding to freeball it, and then just get, ah, you know, let's, let's spitball here. What do we do with Captain Phasma? Looks awesome, looks brilliant, played by a great actress. What can we do with this character? Oh, I know. Let's just give her the worst death of all that. She, they didn't even fight. I swear she just <laughs> fell through like a hole in the hole in the ground like it just made no like i kept Bruh. thinking nah surely not they're gonna bring her back here like she's not surely this isn't the end and they just they said no nah, no nah, that's it she's gone that's it that's that's all it's finished and they used the poor woman to bloody go out there onto all of these um shows with uh, john boyega and kind of promote star wars so i'm thinking oh cool she must have a big role in the movie then and then when i go and watch it i'm like wait I think she said like four lines throughout two movies. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. Garbage. <laughs> That's what garbage. I'm saying. Garbage, exactly. I'm telling you, it was garbage. What a waste. Like, you, when I first saw her on, on the screen, I was like, damn, she's basically a, uh, well, like Boba Fett in it. It's like a bounty hunter, but her gear is like souped up. You know, she works for the Empire, etc. I was thinking, yeah, they're going to give her a sick storyline. Like, she's going to have some massive fight off in the end. We, we're going to find out what's underneath the mask and all that. Nothing. Absolute waste. The whole trilogy, what? They brought back uh, Emperor Palpatine, but they couldn't put any effort onto her. Are you serious? Like, they, yeah, <laughs> they made I'll no sense. Say, you know what? Stop, just change the question because I'm about to get mad again. I'm about to get mad again. Okay, okay. I want to see... I know you guys, I know you guys for a long time, but I want to know, are you good or evil? I do have to cancel you now. Sith or Jedi? Who are you choosing? What side are you trying to be on? Uh, Sith, uh, drip or drown, come on. That's what I'm talking okay, about. I respect that. I respect that. I respect yeah, 100%. Erin's like Count Dooku mixed with Oh, Palpatine. both of you? No, no, not me, not me, not me. Erin in it. I'm just saying okay, if he was a character, Erin would be Count Dooku. Drippy. Just Drippy. like that, that, that senior man with like swag, but just kills bear guys. Listen, <laughs> Count Dooku had drip, so I'm not even going to take that as an insult. Drippy. Yeah, I'm a Jedi. I'm not going to lie. I'm too, I'm too good at heart. I want to just... Oh, look at you. I know, You're I know. so good man. at heart. I know, but people like you need to be stopped. Guys like you, yeah, <laughs> not bringing balance to the force, just coming out here, taking over planets, killing the weak. Like you gotta be stopped. I'm not gonna lie. People like you need to be stopped. Okay, but did you notice how cool Anakin looked when he had the black robe, and how dead he looked when he had the brown robe? There's a difference. It's called drip. Get with it, okay? The Sith have drip. Yeah, but his wife was alive. <laughs> the Sith have drip, bro. Robe. But does his wife have drip? He wasn't even allowed a wife. He wasn't even allowed a wife. And when he, do they when he doesn't have a face anymore, does he have drip? <laughs> when he takes off the helmet. Okay, okay, Where's the drip, Aaron? Can, can I ask you this? Palpatine, yeah, 
had had children all over the gaff, right? And raised his granddaughter. Bro, raping people. Anakin yeah. wasn't even allowed. It's, it's not cool, Aaron. Anakin wasn't even allowed. <laughs> Aaron, just because like, you have loads of kids. Done that. We don't know if he done that. We don't know if he done that. Let's not, let's not throw any allegations. We don't know if... Uh, allegedly, wait, allegedly, wait, wait. allegedly. There's an alleged theory that Anakin was the spawn of Palpatine as well. And that he was created and put into the womb of his mother. That's one of the theories, and that's why it's such a high medical that's the, count. That's the kind of sick shit that Palpatine would yeah. do. That's what I'm saying. These Sith, these sick. Sith people like Eren, yeah, doing okay, a did, madness. Did, okay, okay, hold, whoa, hold on. Sexual didn't deviant. You just say, didn't you just say Darth Maul was the coolest looking character in Star Wars? Deviant. Did you, or did you not just say that? Yeah, so what? What's, what's your point? Exactly. Sorry, drip, bro. What do you mean? What's your but, you're, but, but everyone else is a deviant. I don't know what to say. <laughs> nah, I think I think I think the Sith are just cool, and I like their red lightsabers as well. I don't like the I don't like the blue color that you have with. Oh, lightsabers, lightsabers, yeah. lightsabers. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's talk, talk about lightsabers. Lightsabers, right? So we've got common colored lightsabers. So there's red, green, blue, are the three most common. So let's talk about green a bit. Like green is, I don't know if this is canon still with Disney and the shenanigans, but we're gonna keep it real and the extended universe. It's the universe we want to live in. So green, that's for a Jedi counselor. They prefer like negotiations and meditations in in comparison to combat. They are strong in force abilities. So they have like Luke Skywalker, Master Yoda, Qui Gon Jinn, and it's more associated often with the the older and wiser Jedi. So in A New Hope, Luke had a blue lightsaber, and in Return of the Jedi, the sixth episode, he had a green one. So it helped show the transition of Luke maturing and becoming like a proper Jedi Knight, Jedi Master. So then we have blue, it's another common one. It's related with the Jedi Guardians. So that's oft, often associated with bravery and skilled lightsaber um, combat. So it had like Obi-Wan and Anakin in the prequels. They were, they were there fighting. They were dueling with Kamen Dooku. Um, we saw Obi-Wan defeat. Obi-Wan is a hitter. I'm not going to lie. He's a, he's a driller. He's killing General Grievous. He's, he's dead in Anakin. He... he is that he's out here? He's about, you know. So when he has his blue lightsaber, exactly, he's about. And then, so that's just the the good ones. There's also like yellow. We saw. I think Ray gets a yellow lightsaber. Yeah, um, let's forget about that character. Yeah, yeah keep, it keep it moving, Dan. Keep it moving. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of yeah yeah. So we have purple. So purple, what quite was quite funny. Purple. There isn't really a reason for purple originally. Like the the technical canon reason for purple lightsaber is because my man Samuel L. Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber, and they were like, "Go, all right, yeah, it's his favorite color." So that's that's why that's the explanation. So then they had to kind of think like, "Oh, we got to have a proper explanation for this." So purple became associated with being morally gray. So Jedi whose kyber crystals turned purple had ties to both light and dark side, or the Force, to like Mace Windu. And um, Darth Revan, or just Revan, depending on what side of the coin you're reading or interested in. So, yeah. It's also a mixture of happen to be red and blue, so you could argue that helps as well. The red lightsabers are common for dark side, but they're not just common because they always choose red. So the, the Sith don't really get the chance to, to, to have, a, have different colours, to play with their colours, because... The Sith can't actually form relationships with the Kyber crystals. That's how Jedi's made the lightsabers. 
So instead, the Sith have to take crystals from slain Jedi's, which is pretty, pretty, pretty crazy in itself. Deviant behavior. And then, yeah, they kind of corrupt the crystals or artific- artificially construct crystals. As we saw of, um, oh, what's his name now? The guy that had, um, he's like a teenager, very troubled. Han Solo's kid, always whining and crying. Oh, wow. Okay, his name is Kylo Ren, but I don't, Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to discuss guy. this man. Swallow that's Ren, the yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so his his lightsaber was quite um was volatile. I believe that was because his crystal was um artificially made. So yeah. Because crystals are, are partially to the light side of the force, that's why they have to kill Jedi's and bleed into the crystals and make them red and stuff like that. I, I think I'd so, be the purple one. I think I was about to ask, like, what yeah. colour do you want? I think I'd be the purple one. Like in the previous question I didn't give my answer. Like the, whether I'd be Sith or um Jedi, I think Jedi. I'd be like Anakin. Anakin, I'd start off as a Jedi, but somehow mm-hmm. for some reason end up as a Sith Lord. So how yeah, is that better than my answer, please. How is that better than my? This guy's saying he's gonna betray his people. At least I'm not betraying no one. I'm just straight up going to the Sith. Nah, nah, just nah. Straight nah. Up murdering. You have no people because you killed them. I would probably pick. Um, you know, I'll pick red. I, I just like the red lightsabers. If I'm being entirely honest with you, mm-hmm. but if it was depending on like what kind of mindset I would have. I'd probably end up with the, you know, the white slash yellow looking lightsabers because um, yeah. from what I'm aware, the people who wield those are a kind of order which uh, kind of steps in when the force is a bit too unbalanced. So they will step mm-hmm. in and they will try to kind of balance the force when there's too many either on the Sith or the yeah. Jedi side. From what, I'm, from what I know, I'm not, that, I'm not that into the, you know, uh, canon of Star Wars or, and whatnot, but I kind of, no, A, I think it looks pretty cool, and B, I think, you know, I'll probably be on that side where if it gets too unbalanced, I'll just try to go and rebalance the force. So I, I, would, I would pick that colour. No, that's not a nice, some nice insight. Personally, you, I just like the, the classic silvery blue lightsaber, just bog standard. I'm here to fight and kill Sif, and that's, that's me. Yeah, that's like a nice blue lightsaber. Nothing too fancy. Dan would so, be um, Dan. I, I, I think I figured out what you'd be. You, you know that that alien-looking guy with the um the weird head that gets killed off in the end in the, uh, in the starship. It's not Master Platoon, though. But <laughs> I yeah, his him. Name. Like, yeah, he's got yeah. two heads. Yeah, yeah, like two heads. You know, <laughs> one of that. That's you, Dan. <laughs> but he was kind of a. He was kind of a. I don't know, like part of my language, but he was kind of like a cunt. I'm not gonna lie. My guy was like, I don't want Arakan on the the council. And my guy was like, I'm not sure about this. I think he's racist. Reasons, I can't no, he's a, he was a racist. Okay, but, okay, I'm okay, telling okay, you. But, you know, people who didn't want Anakin <laughs> on there, I think they got proven correct in the end because, you know, he destroyed the whole Jedi order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what we didn't touch That's on? True. Like, we got, we, we got some time left, but remember when Anakin went to kill off everyone in the temple and then the child yeah. comes up to him and he's like, please, sir. What are we gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Just slices their heads the, off. The no, that was grim. That was what grim. Even for do? Star Wars. Bro, that's when it went that really dark. That's, that's when it actually got dark. I like, I like yeah. that scene. I like that scene. That's yeah, what, I'm the DJ. Dan likes the scene where they're murdering kids. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Mr. Okay. What's your favorite planet to feature in Star Wars? I'm not gonna lie, Dan. You, a, you nailed it. For me, it's Tatooine. Tatooine was such Tatooine. an interesting place, bro. Like they had the space pod races. They had like mm-hmm. all, all those weird markets, and there was like different yeah. races living there. You know. Yeah. So I, like I really liked it. 
Yeah, just like back home, mate. That's yeah, it. Yeah, just like for back me home. as well, man. Tatooine. Come on. For me, I don't know. I like Scarif, you know. It's like the Caribbean. I don't know what to say. Like in Rogue I think One, we all like places them. that resemble home. <laughs> basically, basically, that's. I think that puts it right. Quite like Scarif. I wish was I could have nice seen um. It was. It was. I wish I could have seen more of Alderaan. I know it got blown up, so you didn't really, you didn't really get to see it like that. But I wish I could have seen more of it. What was the Wookiee's so, album called? Uh, Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk was pretty nice Kashyyyk. as well. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting, pretty interesting play. Kind of like the Bahamas, man. You yeah, man. Yoda was in it, right? In yeah, yeah. Thing. That's the yeah. one, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, imagine there's a planet where it's always the Caribbean. Like, no matter where you go, Caribbean weather. <laughs> that would well, be I mean, so lit. It would be like living in the Caribbean, I guess. Pretty All right, much. smart ass. <laughs> All right, All right, Mr. Geography. Okay, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the Star Wars games. Um, I know I've I've played quite a few of them. So just my three favorite, probably Knights of the Old Republic. If anyone has played that, mm-hmm. um, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Mm-hmm. So that's just the, the online. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Dan, go on. Yeah, and then. Star Wars Battlefront. My two. guy, on, if you're a real my guy, guy. You know this game. come on, you know yes, come on. No, 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 that game was elite. No. When they released that game, it was like Top there was game. nothing like it. There was nothing like it, man. Like you imagine, like it was pioneering. Pioneering, like what is two large uh, faction groups just warring it out? Spacecrafts allowed, uh, land vehicles allowed. I mean, it was insane. Like I still don't think any other like modern shooter game has reach the level that Star Wars Battlefront has reached in the gaming. favorite um, game was actually, I don't know if either one of you had this, but do you remember the old Nintendo, I think it was called the 86, Nintendo 86, where they had the um, uh, pod racing game? Oh, yes. Yeah, I have that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you started off as Anakin on Tatooine and you were racing um, his, his pod. Uh, yeah. So I had that game. For me, that was my first introduction into like Star Wars related games. And then I actually, I don't, you know what? I don't think I owned uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. I owned Star Wars Battlefront 1. And I used to love that game because you had, um, do you remember uh, the second episode, uh, episode 2, uh, Clone Wars? The Genosian one. Yeah, where Count Dooku kind of had the Padme and everything and the whatnot. That planet, there was a map that you could pick there where it was 500 against 500. It was amazing. I used to play that game nonstop. Absolute cluster fuck. I'm not gonna lie, it was so good. <laughs> like, there's just so good. hundreds of people so on the map, and like all the vehicles as well that you were able to do. Like you can do like airstrikes, the the ground vehicles with the tanks. They don't make games like that anymore, man. Yeah, they I mean, don't. The thing is, they don't make games well. like that. No add-ons. Yeah, I think uh, today's game. I think the games back then, you could play the whole game once you bought the game. So you pay, I don't know, tw- the games were cheaper as well, but. You could pay like £20, £30, get the Star Wars game, and everything would be in it. It would just be a matter of you had to play to unlock. Whereas now, you have to pay to play. Um, everything is a DLC. Microtransactions. Not big enough. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I bought the new Battlefront, one and two. Two was a slight improvement, but um, like especially the first one that they released after all those years of fans waiting and patiently waiting for them to release the game. They improved the graphics, sure, but the actual gameplay itself was dreadful. There was only like 30 people max on a map. It just took away from the element of, you know how he said it was like a clusterfuck, but it, that was fun. Like you really enjoyed that. Yeah. And, you know, it, I remember in those games, you could pick a role, like a specific role. 
So you could be the guy who would fly people in and out of the war zone. You could be the medic. You could be the whatever. And because it was such a big map and it had so many people on it, you would genuinely feel like you were in a war in a Star Wars setting. It was fantastic stuff. But I don't know, man. The new games, I'm not really, I'm not too much of a fan. Yeah, for me, like it captured, like you said, that scene. I think I remember, if you remember in episode uh, two, with the, like you said, when uh, the Genosian War, like in the mm. film, it was an absolute clusterfuck. Everyone was dying. They were just like clones shooting and droids yeah. on the other side just shooting each other. Everyone, and that was literally what the game felt like. It, like, it captured the, the story so well. But like you said, in the newer ones, it's quite clinical. It feels Call of Duty ish, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? Like, like in, in, in the old games, it takes you a couple of shots to go down. But now, like in the new Star Wars games, it's, it's kind of, it, it feels like modernized and it's, it's not really. For me, it's not what it should be. But anyway, we're moving it. What can we say? I just wanted to say, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher, because, like, for me, that's one of the, like, the first proper deaths of the cast. And, like, it hit me quite hard because I grew up watching them. So I'll say RP to her and to wish good health to all the other cast members. Because, obviously, you wanted to see them, like, carry on throughout the films. And we saw, like, the cameos of Han Solo and Chewie and like C-3PO and R2-D2 in like every single movie like it's hard to just like let go of that that was bloody brilliant welcome back to the podcast where we continue discussing how realistic the Star Wars franchise is and will we ever reach that level of science and technology so watching the Star Wars franchise one of the things I noticed and really really like caught my mind was the Death Star I mean the thing was a behemoth of a structure just give you some facts. The second Death Star itself had a diameter of around 200 kilometers, which is insane. And you can imagine the volume it then covers, you know. And this gigantic structure also had like living rooms, you know, families were living there, living quarters. It housed ships, spaceships. So it was an insanely large structure. Also, it was obviously a weapon that just could destroy planets, <laughs> which is insane. And looking at that, like how incredible it is and what it must have taken to be built. How far-fetched do you guys think that idea is? Like, do you think it's something we can achieve in the future? I believe it is achievable in the future, but the far future. I'm not like talking the next 20 years, probably next 100, 100 plus years. I do think it's possible. We already have space stations, we already have a lot of people going out there living for I'm not sure how long a space mission lasts, but they're out there for some time. So yeah, why can't that be integrated into a, a giant floating metal moon? Mm-hmm. But yeah, my only concern is resources. I don't think Earth has enough re- resources for that left in it. Yep. So it all depends on our, our progress with mining and living on other planets, basically. Erin, what's your opinion on it? Do you think it's something, like Dan said, with our like growth rate in the far future we can get? Or... Do you think we're just bound to not ever achieve that? I mean, I think I think I would need to know a bit more about how the Death Star actually works because I have very limited knowledge, but from what I understand, it's basically a giant laser that's capable of destroying other stars slash planets. But I'm not I'm not entirely certain if we could ever build something like that. I mean, just to be able to harness that kind of power, I don't know if that's something that is just too science fiction-y. Yeah, for my liking, I'm not too sure, but I think maybe maybe you would probably be able to answer that a bit better than me if that is even remotely possible. But yes, the things that usually caps us as human beings is our energy use. 
for example, uh, when we were in the Bronze Age, right, we were burning stuff. Uh, this was how we produced energy. And then the next step was when we unlocked the Industrial Age, where we were burning stuff, but this stuff was coal. It, it produced more heat for what we were burning. And so we continue, obviously, progression during the Industrial Period. And now we reached a period where, okay, now we need more energy. We have nuclear and so on and so forth. So in the future, we need to harness an energy source that's insanely large in order to build something that large or to do something on that scale. And one of the uh, things I wanted to mention was actually enhancing the, the sun's energy itself. This is going to be a bit of a tinfoil hat section, but also merge with some real facts. And to give you some facts on a phenomenon that we saw recently. So there was a distant star called Kick 8462852. It has usual observations of its brightness. So scientists look at the star and it usually dips around 1% occasionally, which is normal. But on October 2016, experienced dips of brightness of up to 22%. So this was like, well, why is it dimming so much? And then again, another star was found called Epic 20427891.6. I don't know why they give them these long names, but they should have called it like <laughs> Star Darth Mold or something. It was found with an estimated size of our sun's diameter, but the, the mass is half the mass. So it's a different star. And while observing this star over 78 days, again, similar anomalies were shown. Um, and this time it was around 65% dimming of the star. And this was for 25 consecutive days. So we keep seeing these stars that are just dimming for no reason. We try to put reason to it. Although there are more realistic explanations to this, one of them, the least probable, but very highly possible, is called a Dyson sphere explanation. And so this is where your mind's going to blow. Um, essentially what a Dyson sphere is, well, at the moment, you can see on Earth, only a tiny fraction of the star's energy is basically absorbed by us. It reaches us. What a Dyson sphere is, is a, a hypothetical mega structure, kind of like the Death Star, and it's thought up by a physicist Freeman Dyson that basically encompasses an entire star. So imagine like building a structure all around the star and capturing its entire output of energy in order to use, right? So this is something that what? you could, Yeah. So this is, this is something that we could do in the future, right? Create, a, mass, blown. <laughs> create a massive structure to basically capture the sun's energy. And so one explanation, so many questions already. One explanation, questions. yeah. One explanation <laughs> to why it was dimming is because there is a distant uh, alien civilization somewhere out there <laughs> that has built a Dyson sphere around the sun and is capturing uh, around its sun and is capturing its energy. Now it sounds crazy, but this is something that if we could build, we could harness the sun's energy. I mean, it's basically a nuclear reactor. So, what is your guys' initial thoughts on this, Erin? thoughts is um is the queen also a lizard because that's the kind of uh, territory that we're going into with this whole discussion. <laughs> it sounds very you know the queen is lizardy if i'm being entirely honest with you uh, that is frightening that is frightening that you said it is uh, you know it's it's very unlikely but also probable that part just scared the crap it's out very of possible it's, it's, it's unlike... very po that's very scary that's it's very possible scary, steve it's, it's something that, that physicists have figured out. Like the physics makes sense. It's just we need to, you know, we have to send this giant campaign to build this mega structure. And like when we observe that, we're like, okay, we know it can be done. But what is the likelihood that aliens are doing that right now? It's more likely, I don't know, like some other phenomenon. But because it's a very possible thing, you know, 
it's interesting. So, I mean, okay, let, let's say for a second that this is the Dyson Sphere that we're seeing, and that's why the energy of this star is dimming out. Yeah. I mean, if we were to do that to our sun, how long would it take for the energy of our sun to dim out? Because without the sun, obviously, we can't, you know, we can't exist because we, we live in a symbiotic way with yeah. our sun. So if you yeah. were to build a Dyson sphere around there, how long would it take before we basically well, destroy the sun? It's, it's kind of, we're not sucking energy out of the sun. We'd be basically collecting what is already being emitted. But, instead, but because mm. we, we, we only receive only like a fraction of it from Earth, we're just saying, oh, what if we built something around it that just collects all of it? So instead of it okay, just being scattered into space, we just collect mm. all of the energy. And this is the kind of thing which if like a Star Wars type civilization is to happen, they need to find, they need to extract energies from the massive uh, nuclear, you know, fusion plant that is the stars, the sun, etc. Yeah, go on, Dan. No, but I think what Eric's trying to get at is we need the sun. If we, if we build something around the whole sun and block the sun from us, we'll freeze to death. Our plants won't produce any oxygen. Yeah, that's kind of vibe. It'll be constantly for. dark. Like, even if we use the energy to heat ourselves, we would just be living in the dark with artificial light. So our eyes. You ask too many up. questions. You ask too many questions, Dan. I've, me, I've <laughs> got so many questions. How heat resistant is this thing that's going to be out there? We've already got solar energy. If we just built enough solar panels the size of whales, we'd have, we'd be able to power the planet. I've, I've read. So I'm thinking, how do we get this energy from the sun back to Earth? Considering the distance we're at, like this, think, I got so many possibilities. It, think about that. At the moment, we we figured out how to transmit energy from space, from space uh, mm-hmm. solar panels down to Earth. Obviously, without a wire, <laughs> it's not yeah. cables; it's it's wireless. So I can see if we if we survive to the point where we can build a bloody Dyson sphere around the sun, we'd figure out the most efficient way to send energy to the Earth. You know, we probably get more energy because we built the Dyson sphere around the sun sent to the earth than we would if we just like received it from the the earth in terms of sunlight etc for the trees the trees are gonna have to evolve what can i say in it times are tough darwin's theory is out out here it's it's savage (laughs) we'll end up like hoff we'll be like hoff i think my uh my kind of opinion on this is uh, shifting a little bit from it's terrifying to I kind of want to see what would happen if we did. It's a bit like, you know, who would win in a fight, a trillion lions or the sun. And we just, we don't know until we do it. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, Exactly. This is a dark side Aaron talking. So what I think, you know, what I'd like to kind of, it would be kind of cool to see. I mean, oh God, it's, it's frightening because if somebody else has this technology already, one would assume they were, you know, a quadrillion years ahead of us. In terms yeah. of technology, and so that that is the aspect of it that scares me. But I mean, if we were to do it first, I guess that would kind of almost be you know a rocket booster to what we could do as a species going forward. I mean, we spoke about this previously in the in the space episode, where we were saying you know if we could find other planets and if we could travel and so on and so forth. And you kind of said, well, we shouldn't be afraid of what's out there, and being afraid shouldn't stop us from you know, uh, pushing for innovation. So I would kind of like to see a Dyson Sphere and see what we can do with it, but it is scary. Uh, Dan? So let me just throw this out there. Who says this alien is harvesting their son's power? They're not harvesting somebody else's son. You see, Sith Lord theory is coming out again. You're right. 
It I'm could be saying, a giant war. They could be going and colonizing people's suns, sucking, so obviously blocking the light from their planets, assuming that their planet um, runs on light. And then, yeah, so just going around, stealing people's suns, kind of like Galactus stealing planets and the energies from them, and just killing people. Like, what if we are face of this, someone builds this around our sun, before we're even able to build on ourselves, and now we're screwed. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. Like, there's a theory about us transcending our, our current level of civilization. I, I believe it's called the level zero transition, but I need to search that up. But essentially what it is, is if we... The question is, why don't we see so many alien civilizations out there? You know, the, the universe is so large, or even our galaxy is really large, that hypothetically we should at least see one. Um, and one, one, one of the, the theories that they come up with is that uh, what, what, what really tests a civilization to become, uh, you know, galactic or whatever, to continue living, is do they still fight within each other? And so the theory is, because the smarter creatures are carnivores, are territorial, etc., they reach a certain point where they're powerful, but also because they're still territorial, they end up destroying each other. And so w- one of the concepts is if there is a like uh, all-powerful galactic you know, empire that's moving around, it would have to be not territorial in order to survive the stage, the stage where they all nuke each other because they're, you know, they're all at war. They need to, in order to become that giant galactic thing, their thinking has to change to something peaceful. So what do you think about that? Do you think that necessity or do you think that we can continue being territorial and still live past the nuclear age? I think that's very interesting because I have never thought of it in that sense. I've always thought of it as, you know, we as humans are kind of like locusts and our driving thing is that, okay, we've depleted our sources here. We need to go get some more resources elsewhere. And so we're going to just, you know, we're going to push innovation to go to other planets and basically destroy them. But when you say it the way you just said, I mean, that's an educated way of saying it. I think my one was a very like, you know, oh, we don't have anything here. Let's just go find it elsewhere kind of approach. But the way yeah. you said it, I think that makes a lot of sense. I would actually think that well, with that theory, I guess if we did contact alien life, they wouldn't be hostile then. So we would- Supposedly, most likely, right? I mean, yeah, they'd have to transcend their thinking according to this theory. Go on, Dan. I mean, if you relate this back to Star Wars, it seemed that they lived, they lived in reasonable peace. They had a republic, they had a senate, they had like all the different, all different planets working together to funnel Coruscant, basically. That makes sense. Like the way the way that we work now, a capitalist kind of thing. Like they managed to work in peace, and they they did transcend this territory. Obviously, they're still fighting an empire republic, and there was like the the outer rim and all the different factions fighting around there. So I'm not sure. It depends. I'm still undecided whether we need to be territorial or transcend it to be peaceful. Yeah, it's difficult because we, we don't observe. We don't have a case study, right? We, we can't see an alien. Uh, yeah, basically. Thing. We're using and Star Wars as the case study. Exactly. We have our imaginations and this is the problem. Yeah, go on, Evan. You have something to say? I just feel like I, I heard this comedian once say, wouldn't it just be funny if we done all of this innovation, we thought, okay, we're going to find out the, you know, the steps to go to space. And then he just said, uh, congratulations for finishing level one. And then we just hit level two. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was all a computer simulation all along. And we were just, you know, these little ants in somebody else's game. 
Uh, and I think whenever we talk about stuff like that, it's just kind of, it just kind of makes me think like, wow, the possibility of even going to space. I mean, is it even real? Can we even possibly comprehend doing something like that? Or are we just, are we just little peons in a game? <laughs> I mean, we've done it. So don't, let's not go too tinfoily. We have been in space and, you know, we observe nah, things on, outside our foil, sky. Foil. Have, we? have we? Have we? <laughs> have we? The moon landings were a fake. <laughs> drag him away yeah no but it is interesting like how looking into the future how we need to for example we're going through a change now right we're, we're moving from uh, essentially burning stuff which we've done for like mm-hmm. how long we've burnt wood etc and we're still burning oil to now moving to more renewable sources and y- you can see that we are in that transition phase i don't know how long it'll take but obviously we need to move from this low energy form to something of a more high energy and renewable source. Um, I just wanted to point out, because you made a good point there, uh, the UK has in the last two months not used any coal whatsoever to produce energy. Oh, well. So we've, we've already decreased the amount of coal that we use, but technically speaking, in the last two months, we've not used any coal whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it's like a new age for us. So it's in, I just wanted to kind of, that in there. I think I can give more information where like by 2050 uh, aviation in Europe has to reach a net zero but basically whatever they put out they need to be able to account for it as what they put in so carbon neutral which is very very soon if you think about it we're, we're already in 2020 that's in another like 30 years which isn't that far so you can see the trend that we're going towards and it adds to the fact of the Dyson sphere idea if we ex- extrapolate that line I don't know, let's say a couple thousands year, a thousand years in the future. Yes, the next stage would be just to harness the sun's energy because at the end of the day, all energy comes from the sun. And, you know, it goes into plants, turns into fossil fuels. Why don't we just go to the source and use that more effectively? Yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with that. Just a thousand years time. Yeah, straight to the source, cut out the middleman. Waiting a million years for oil, yeah, just harness the sun, mm-hmm. basically. Like we used to do solar panels already. Essentially, that's what it is. Just more advanced. (laughs) Advanced solar panels that are close by. Yeah. That can shoot lasers. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if they were to say, oh, the way to actually bring the energy from the sun to the earth is just to put a cup on this side, a cup on that side, and string in the middle. (laughs) And just (laughs) it through that. It was something really easy all along. Secondary school technology, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's my that's my understanding of physics. That's why I say I say that obviously, you know. I think uh, I think that's so interesting though, man. I, I, I honestly crazy. I find yeah. stuff like this so so interesting and the whole concept of a Dyson sphere and everything. I I didn't hear about it before today, so yeah. I mean, this is why I love Star Wars. <laughs> that's why I love this game. I love this game. So, I love this game. So yeah, in the future, obviously, we'll be discussing this more in depth, and hopefully, we'll get a good guest physicists to come on. But um, moving on, uh, one thing I really I'm into is like martial arts, um, and what's really interesting in the Star Wars uh, franchise is that they they obviously take a lot of ideas from Japanese martial arts, samurais, knights, and that that kind of thing. You can tell from the lightsaber designs themselves. You can see on Kylo Ren's design, he has the guarded kind of uh, crusader-style sword. And then on, in the earlier versions, Darth Vader himself had more of a samurai katana-style straight sword. One of the things I wanted to discuss first is which lightsaber style do you think is the best? Um, I just had a 
Count Dooku. I'm a little bit of a Count Dooku fanboy. He was a master duelist, and the way his the hilt on his blade gave him like the advanced like wrist movement, so that he could fight people with ease. Ah, yes. And as you saw him in two v one, Anakin and Obi Wan with like relative relative ease, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, was, I just thought that gives some good homage to Mr. Dooku right there. I yeah, think this is one of my favorites. I think one person that's usually like looked down on is uh, General Grievous. I mean, his style was quite unique. He had like what eight lightsabers, and his he has quite a wild kind of kung fu style. Uh, I describe it as um, waving all over the place. What, what did you think about General Grievous, Evan? General Grievous had, as you said, maybe like what eight eight lightsabers, and he still got killed by a man who had one. So I don't even want to discuss that guy. He's not even in the discussion. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 let's get him out of here. But I think in terms of actually the best kind of design, the sword, you know, cross design that Kylo Ren had, I think is actually the most useful one when you think about it, because, um, you know, I'm not a fan, as I've made abundantly clear of the new movies, but in terms of the design of that lightsaber, I think it's quite useful, especially when two lightsabers have crossed one another. We saw repeatedly in that, you know, in that installment of Star Wars, that when you push down with the lightsaber, because he has the cross-shaped uh, lightsaber guards at the bottom, you can't slice his arms, if that makes sense, if, I, if I'm describing but, it correctly. But Aaron, but Aaron, when they first designed that, the guard itself was, made out of full, was fully made out of laser as well, so it could work vice mm-hmm. versa, where he stabs someone, his hand slides forward, and because there was no shielding on the guard, he just gets his hand <laughs> sliced off. So actually, there was a massive outrage when they first shown uh, the trailer. If you remember in the woods with yes. Kylo Ren, yeah, where he, he opens it up. Exactly, yeah. and that's when they they saw that the guard was made up for laser. And uh, after the massive outrage, again, of course, they had to change it. They they put it, they put some material on in the end. So I agree but, with you with the material. Yeah, it's a clever idea. The the guard is an obvious I mean? one. Yeah. yeah, but if we're looking at original ideas, I don't know in it. <laughs> When they had the laser, I mean, it's kind guard. of like a regular sword, isn't it? Like, and I would think that a regular sword is pretty, pretty it's, useful. Yeah. But you go on, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Dan has. A... I, I think it it adds an aspect of like sluggishness because he he mm. cannot get the same wrist movement as a traditional lightsaber, mm-hmm. so he can't he can't spin it in the same way. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like. A dual lightsaber to two ends, I think, is the coolest one, personally. That mm, straight 100%. up the coolest. Yeah. He's bat- batting away things. I just, I just can't see the same fluidity with the guarded. Because you know the longsword? That's what's based on the longsword. Yeah, basically. Like yeah. a two handed longsword. Yeah, that was quite a slow weapon. That was full power. You weren't, you weren't doing proper dueling with that unless they had longsword as well. So that's what I can see. And he was fighting a novice in Ray, so you could really. Can we talk about that garbage? Yeah, yeah. And for me, like, the, my, I think the most <laughs> superior one is the Darth Maul lightsaber. Because if you, let's say you are a Jedi and you can, like, obviously perform the acrobatics, etc., you can faint moves. You can, you, you know what I mean? Like, faint that you're going to attack with the, the one side. And yeah. actually, the attack comes from the other one, which is a massive, massive game. Like, a lot of martial arts is fainting uh, f- to trick your opponent into thinking you're going to do one attack, seeing them defend or move in one way, and then countering them with another. Uh, what was, the, was there anything special about Obi-Wan's lightsaber? Because this guy was just killing everyone, so I would assume his one was the best, no? 
Obi Wan was, was a driller. Specific about it. Yeah. He's a driller. He's just a driller. He killed. He killed Maul. Well, we thought he killed Maul. He cut him in half. He cut Maul in half. He killed Anakin. You know, he he killed Grievous. This guy is literally out here just destroying everyone. Um, so I would assume whatever lightsaber he has is the best one, I guess. I don't know, because he, he seems to just be <laughs> absolutely bodying everyone. So uh, what do you think? I do hear the I do hear the shout about the Darth Maul one though. What do you think of um I think her name was uh, Elias Sakura, was it? The, the dual uh, saber wielding. I mean she had like a uh, the, the, both sides. Yeah. Anakin's Anakin's Padawan? Anakin's girlfriend, yeah, yeah. Padawan, no, no, Padawan. no, no, the the other one, the other one. <laughs> The older one, or was that his Padawan? I don't know. It, yeah, but she talking she, about Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yes, that's it. Yeah, that's that's his Padawan in that's that Padawan. animated Clone Wars, I believe. Oh, yeah. See, this is why I'm confused. Yeah. I didn't watch that one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She had basically a sword in both hands, which actually paid homage to Miyoto Musashi, which is a Japanese samurai, which basically started that style of having two-handed uh, sword maneuvering. It seems clever. Uh, but the thing is, like, I don't know, with, with my uh, hand-eye coordination, I think trying to, you know, <laughs> hit people with two swords, I get confused. And then, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not too sure about that one. I mean, I think it definitely looks cool because, again, when you look at which, which characters you think look cool, out of the Jedis, the one that I've, or Siths, the ones that I've seen that I think look quite cool are Darth Ravan. I think Darth Ravan looks really cool and he has two lightsabers as well. But in terms of usability, how it works, I mean, I think, I think the lightsaber is only half the battle. It depends on who's yeah. wielding it as well. So I think that's the topic to discuss. Exactly. Know, who's wielding the lightsaber. That's what I wanted to go on to. And one of the travesties in this franchise is giving Darth Vader so much power because the way he wields a lightsaber is like my granddad. I mean, oh <laughs> do you know what I mean? The, the, the guy was, was walking. Anakin. He's Anakin. He's no. Anakin, remember? He was. Uh, Dan Anakin. was. <laughs> Big difference. And the original four came out, he was just a geriatric swinging his sword around really slowly. It was just horrible. Respect, please. So, so, so who do you think, like, as in martial arts style, like, not necessarily the sword, but the way they performed their battles? Like, Yoda was always jumping around. Um, I guess there were more force... Uh, force um, heavy users using yeah yeah so who do you think has the best style and why um i'll say obi-wan his one was quite balanced he had like he'd raise the lightsaber above his head in one hand and put his hand in front of the other yeah very and then yeah yeah where anakin was much more aggressive and obviously his passion is fueled of his fighting Mm -hmm. but yeah it's between Obi-Wan and Count Dooku for me. I'm just, I just like the elegance and the way they fight. What about Yoda? Yeah, and, um, I was just about to say Yoda. Yoda's a fighting, he, he was. He had a lot of advantage because he had a smaller lightsaber as well. I, wanted, I was going to talk about this. He had a smaller lightsaber so he could get in closer, mm-hmm. which made it difficult for his opponents to then fight because they had to tuck their arms in basically. Also think, like this. also think about it. Like the opponents have always fought big, like normal sized human beings. And if they come against yeah. Yoda, it's the first time they've ever fought like hopefully a midget. You know what I mean? Like But Yoda <laughs> we can't but use Yoda, that word. We can't use that word. But but Yoda but Yoda has always fought big men, so he's used to it. So there's nothing new to him. So he has that element of surprise to him as well whenever he's in a fight, which actually comes to his advantage. I That's think true. um I think what we need to kind of take into consideration here is because he has in essence a shiv, 
you know, a small, small lightsaber, saber, sorry. Um, he obviously tries to close the distance between himself and the opponent. And he's able to do that when he's flipping around and going, you know, above them, beneath them and getting real close. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like watching two boxers fight. If you have a smaller boxer and a larger boxer in the same weight class, what they tend to do, tell the lighter boxer or the smaller boxer is getting close. So yeah. it, it cuts the mobility of the bigger boxer. So he, I think his fight style is kind of very specific to, to him and he's perfected it in the way we've seen in, I think, episode two is when we actually see him fully fight. Um, yeah, exactly. But I think for me, it's between Yoda and Darth Maul. Episode three. When you Episode consider, three. Yeah, I mean, when you consider uh, Darth Maul, for example, he, he fought against both um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn, and he actually had them both on the ropes. If it wasn't for a bit of, you know, helpful writing, realistically speaking, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan should have been killed as well. And yeah, when you yeah. consider, you know, Obi-Wan has killed X number of people, but Darth Maul could have easily killed him and Qui-Gon Jinn while fighting them at That's the same true. time. That's true. You know, when you follow that kind of logic, you think, well, possibly Darth Maul has the best fighting style. And, you know, he also does the flips. His style is very similar to Yoda. To Yoda yeah. He's bigger. He doesn't need to go in as close. Exactly, um, yeah. But he yeah, has range, yeah. somewhere between those two. I think it's, it's between those two for me. Okay. Well, 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 let's move on to what about... So we, we've talked about Jedis and their fighting styles. But a lot of it, like I said before, is Western. It's very shooting. And there's a lot of dr- real drillers out here yeah, let's talk about Mr. Boba. Mr. Boba out here with his with his with his guns and his gadgets, and obviously his dad Django. And then you have Han Solo, Leia, who's also a driller with a gun. Let's not forget, and Chewbacca with his um, crossbow uh, style. So bowcaster, uh, bowcaster. That's it. So out of all of let's say out of all of the characters and the ones I haven't mentioned, which which do you prefer? That's a difficult mm. one to answer. So know. me personally... Is this, is this the gun? gun yeah, the, the gun-wielding ones. Yeah. Gunslingers. So, yeah, gunslingers. Non-force sensitive gunslinging style. For me personally, it's um, it has to be Boba Fett. Or, or, yeah, Boba Fett. Because obviously we grew up in that generation, the Boba Fett generation, and him with the jetpacks, including all the gadgetry that he has, you know, the mines. Um, he also had quite an impressive pistol. For me, Trump's Han Solo. It's going to be between Boba and Han Solo. And Han doesn't have that extra qualities to him. So, yeah. And Boba was pretty cool. So, <laughs> go on, Owen. I mean, for me, as I said before, I'm a bit of a Django Fett fan. Because I just thought he looked cool. Um, <laughs> but on top of that, you've got to remember, I'm going to get into this a bit later. So, I don't want to discuss it too much now. But he's kind of the precursor for all of the clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're based off of him because he is such a good, you know, good fighter in essence. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, he, I think for me, he is kind of, as he's the precursor for what in the end becomes the army for the whole, whole empire. I think he, he probably is for me, the template of what a good gunslinger is. Although, you know, he did have an obviously tragic ending at the hands of Mace Windu, but, uh, you know, let's not discuss that. But, you know, I think, he, I think he was, I think he, for me, he's the guy. Mm, I feel, I feel you, yeah. What about you, Dan? What's your opinion on this? Um, you have a feeling, what, feeling about what? I, I don't know. I have a feeling you're going to go towards the more classical characters, let's say. <laughs> the ones that feature more in episode one, two, and three. Uh, uh you, what you mean, a uh, four, five, and six? Oh yeah, four, four five, and six. One. Sorry, yeah, four, five, and Come six. On, noob. Absolute um, noob retreat. 
I don't know. I want to. I want to shout out Chewy. I'm not gonna lie. Chewy's on crowd. Chewy. He's on crowd. I'm not gonna because lie because he was put into what slavery by the empire and was like a, a toy. In essence, in, we saw in Han Solo the movie, he was just yeah. You know how they keep bears in the circus? He was effectively one of those. But my guy came out of that. He was friends with Yoda beforehand. That like we saw in um yeah episode three we saw. Yeah, he, he was. He chief, yeah. I think he's a chief son. He might be the chief son. He was, yeah. Something like that. Like he's he's, he's quite a high ranking. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't get it wrong. With him and his bowcaster, he's he's on job all the time. He can rip guys' arms off as well. Hand to hand combat. No one's fighting a wookie. Sickness. <laughs> no way. Exactly. Yes, you, you have to remember that. And Django, I don't know. I don't rate him like that. I don't know. I don't rate him like that. I rate Them's him. Them's fighting words. Them's but... fighting words right there. Did you see him succeed at any point in any of the movies at anything? But realistically speaking, how many of the bounty hunters did succeed? All of them, you know, were quite short-lived, their stories. It's kind of like an ongoing <laughs> theme of the Star Wars, you know, when you look at, um, you know, Gwendolyn Christie's character as well, Phasma. Uh, you know, barely spoke and then ended up dead. So you kind of have to infer a lot of it from the context rather than actually having That's it true. to you. That's true. Yeah, I agree with Aaron. But yeah, I guess in the end we can decide that Boba Fett's the best. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, guys. Yeah, we didn't decide that. <laughs> but okay, cool. That was bloody brilliant. Hello, guys, and welcome back to part three of the podcast. Uh, this week we are obviously discussing Star Wars, and as my friends have previously discussed, uh, kind of our our fandom of Star Wars and the engineering behind Star Wars. I wanted to look a little bit into the biology of it all. So I wanted to actually talk about the Clone Wars and the clones that you see in episode uh, one, two, and three in particular, uh, the Clone Army. So they're quite well known, the Clone Army, in the prequel movies. Uh, they pretty much changed you know, the galactic history of uh, the Empire. Uh, Emperor Palpatine activates uh, a chip within these clones, which allows them to execute Order 66. And in essence, they betray the Jedis and destroy the Jedi Order. Now, before we get further into the sci-fi of it all, I'll kind of want to look at the realistic aspects of what cloning is today. Obviously, we've seen different aspects of cloning in different movies, such as Gemini Man, Replicas, Avatar, uh, and in uh, TV shows like Living With Myself and Rick and Morty. But what do you guys think cloning is? Well, for me... Like my initial thoughts when I think cloning, I think an identical, at least on the base of like your DNA structure, to be identical to whatever you're being cloned to. So although the environment might be different, it's kind of like twins where, you know, if they're identical twins, their DNA structure should be the same. And this is my idea of cloning. Dan? Uh, Yeah. To be honest, when someone says clone, the first thing I think about is Star Wars Clone Wars, if I'm actually honest, honest. Mm. And then I think about that sheep. I can't remember what the sheep's name was. Dolly now. the sheep. Dolly. I want to say Dolly. I'm thinking. I can't say Dolly. That sounds too uh, obvious. No, it was it's Dolly, Dolly yeah. yeah, but Dolly the sheep. And you think, yeah, as as Steve said, an identical replica, kind of like twins. And I'm not sure about the consciousness. Is it just an empty shell of you when someone clones you? That's the only part well, where where um, I get so off. 
in sci-fi is a bit off, but um, in, in the real world, uh, I probably should have asked this question to people who weren't scientists because you pretty much said it, uh, you know, bang on correctly. Well, let me read sorry, you sorry, what sorry. the... Uh, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Can't blame you for being intelligent. Uh, but So the National Human Genome Research Institute says the term cloning describes a number of different processes that can be used to produce genetically identical copies of a biological entity. The copied material, which has the same genetic makeup as the original, is referred to as a clone. Researchers have cloned a wide, wide range of biological materials, including genes, cells, tissues, and even entire organisms, such as a sheep, which was Dolly. Um, so from that, basically, is exactly what you said. It's copying the DNA of an already existing biological entity and trying to basically uh, replicate it. Now, uh, when you look at this same institute and whether or not human cloning is possible, here's what they say. So they say the National Human Genome Research Institute currently does gene cloning. Gene cloning is the most common type of cloning done by researchers at the NHGRI. The NHGRI researchers have not cloned any mammals and the NHGRI does not clone humans. So uh, I'd like to break a few hearts of Star Wars fans out there. You won't be getting a clone anytime soon. If you live in the UK, that is. Now, there's been previous uh, claims coming out of China in particular, saying that they had you know, cloned, cloned human beings. But when they were asked to be peer reviewed and give actual information on how they've done it, unfortunately, uh, you know, I don't know if that is unfortunate or fortunate, but they weren't able to bring up the evidence required. So as far as we know, no humans have actually been cloned, so to speak. But what, what gene sequences have been cloned? Those gene sequences is that like is that all they need to know? Like, could they just scale it up, or is it is there like another barrier between that? So basically, and humans? Um, humans have this issue of when you're doing when you're doing cloning with animals. What you do in essence is you take out uh, the, the genetic material inside of a uh, inside of an egg. Uh, you put in uh, somatic cells from an animal into that egg and you allow it to develop for a couple weeks or a couple days, uh, depending on the animal. And once it gets to a point where the embryo is actually formed, you can then implant it into a, into a female animal of the same, uh, you know, same species and allow it to grow. Right. But with humans, you can't do that because with humans, what you need is something called the spindle protein. And the spindle protein is in equal parts in the uh, actual nucleus of the egg cell as it is in the rest of the cell. So when you take out the initial initial bit of DNA, you stop it from being able to produce a healthy human clone. So right. there's a lot of actual technical issues with doing a human clone anyway. Mm -hmm. So there's still um, more to go, yeah. There's still a long, long way to go. But as is stated by this uh, corporation, they, they aren't even aiming to go in that direction. Uh, Dan, you had a question? It's almost as if we're not meant to be cloning humans. That's why it's so difficult and doesn't work. Mm, mm, that, are we, we going to get to that? We're going to get to that in a moment. I don't know, um, man. I'm out here to fight clones. I'm not going to lie. I'm not out trying to so you're do not World War III against myself. Vibes at all. Is that what you're saying? Nah, nah, nah. I'm not feeling you don't, it. You don't I'm want nothing away from clones. that. I've seen okay. iRobot. I don't even want robots. Why would I want clone armies? Is what I'm saying. <laughs> So Dan I'm is very much that. in the camp of I have learned my lesson from sci-fi. I won't go down that route. 
exactly. But, you know, exactly. Talking, talking about sci-fi, let's go back to the clone troopers then. So, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say cloning is not going to happen anytime soon. Not only because it's A, very difficult, but B, because ethically speaking, currently the, st- the standpoint of all these uh, governments is we shouldn't do cloning. So that's the, that's the eth- from an ethical standpoint, they don't want to do it. But let's go back to the clones. So the uh, clone troopers were grown on a planet Kamino at the request of Jedi Master Sifo Dias. Having secretly commissioned the Kaminoans, if I've said that correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's not. right. Yeah, no, you got it. <laughs> the Kaminoans to build an army for the Republic. After his death, the project was taken over by the Sith. Clones were modeled on a human template, the bounty hunter Jango Fett, which is what we discussed earlier. Although their genetic structure was modified to make them less independent and more docile than their progenitor. They were also designed to age at twice the rate of natural humans, accelerating their growth and making them ready for combat in a decade's time. They are considered superior to drones because as quoted, clones can think creatively. You will find that they are immensely superior to droids. So my, my first kind of question to you guys is this. There are many iterations of clones in sci-fi. Some have the same memories as their original. Some have a distinguishing trait, such as a lack of a belly button, and some have accelerated lifespans. If you were to create a clone, what features would you give it? What, what parts of sci-fi would you take and what parts of sci-fi would you stay well away from? Uh, Steve? I think, yeah, if, if I could have a clone of myself, it's going to sound weird, but I would give it my personality. I would allow it to basically act like me. It's kind of like having, a, like I guess, a twin brother <laughs> in a way. Um, what are I, memories? Oh, this is where it gets tricky because what I'm worried is that, you know, the clone gets jealous because it can't have my actual life and then ends up killing me and taking my place in my, in my family and stuff. So It's interesting that you say that. Do you, think you have a, do you think you have a life worth being jealous of, though? Because everyone has this sort of thing of, oh, whoa, what is the clone? Whoa, whoa. It's quite mean. No, no, no. I don't know. Obviously, mean. I don't mean it in that way. I just mean that everyone always thinks, oh, the clone will try to steal my life. But no one ever thinks, what if the clone just looks at my life and says, you know what, this is a way of me getting out of here. I don't want anything to do with this. And they just leave. <laughs> <laughs> but where's he going to go? That's the thing. <laughs> at least well, I have something. He has your memories. He has your education. You can always oh, get a job so. in a different sector, but just leave his family and leave all of his responsibilities behind. You know? mm. Well, okay, let me add another stipulation then. I'd want to 100% own my clone. I don't care if you call it slavery, but it's my DNA, so it should be mine. <laughs> that is slavery, though. But then does, does I'm going to object to this. Or... Yeah, go on then. I want to hear what you Nah, man, it's my this. DNA. <laughs> I'm going ob- to object to all forms of slavery. I'm saying that right now. Um, yeah, same here. We I don't agree with Steve clone, on this podcast. The thing is, if I have a clone and it doesn't have my memories, does it know how to walk and talk and eat and tie shoelaces? Like what? See, this, is, this is an understand. important question. So would you, for example, give them accelerated growth as you would with um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the clones in Star Wars so that they can catch up to your age quicker? Or would you, for example, go down the route yeah. of uh, maybe a Rick and Morty style thing where you kind of put them into the microwave, set them for the correct time, and they just come out with the ability to speak and eat and do all sorts at your age. Uh, Steve, you want to you wanna say well, something? Well, it depends on what you're using it for. So if it's for like the sick way that they do in Star Wars, where they're just used for war and death, then yeah, you'd want to grow them quickly and to be expendable. Um, if you're, let's say, using them for, for a job or whatever, then yeah, you want them to be expendable, which is kind of sick in the head. But 
I guess if you're looking for like a companion or like there's no other reason than other than looking for a friend, um, yeah, you'd want to give it kind of similar, you know, life life qualities that you have. Yeah, I completely agree, Steve. I have I see no reason at all to have a clone other than as a friend because you might as well have a child. No, then to wash my dishes. Adopt a child. Yeah, but like again, that's unethical. I do all my housework. A... Wash my. Di- I do it anyway. I may as well split <laughs> myself and have myself do it, but like in a more productive way, in it while I relax. <laughs> I will do fifty-fifty. I don't think it would be fair on myself because that's myself doing it. Like he's okay, gonna have so, the exact uh... same thoughts as you, as he's the exact same person. <laughs> so. um well two questions you guys have kind of covered another question i was going to ask but here's here's another question i did mention that you know in some sci-fi movies you have okay he's a clone but the distinguishing trait is that he doesn't have belly button for example would you put a kind of fail safe in your clone where you kind of say oh okay he looks exactly like me but he has i don't know another extra finger or something just in case a scenario happens where as steve mentioned they try to steal your life and you can kind of distinguish between them then if we're at the stage where you can make clones surely you can add a belly button onto your stomach to fix it no, i'm assuming my clones are smart as me would you intentionally not put a put a belly button so that he can't be distinguished yeah, but stopping him for going to turkey and getting a belly button added if that makes sense good point exact same but, but you could add like a i don't know like a chip in their brain that basically kills them if they misbehave Okay, so can I just quickly say something? Steve was speaking on me because he said, oh, you want to be a Sith. Are you hearing the stuff this guy is saying? No, but on the level, it's it's essentially the same thing. Basically, if they step out of line, you're able to at least electrocute them so they know they're they're, they're misbehaving in it. Okay, here I am saying, would would you take away their belly button? And Steve is saying, put a kill switch on a human being. I mean, he's a clone. He's not. He's not. It's just like this. But, uh, you know. But you know, in sci-fi films, how it goes. Like they all band together. There'll be like a clone army. It'll be like our doppelgangers warring against us, trying to kill us. We need to so put a failsafe. So you don't want the clones to have a union, basically, is what you're saying. You don't want them to form a union and. Bro, it's not. A, it's a revolution, not a union. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. Okay, basically. So, well, yeah, you're gone. Like Steve's worried about all of this. But he's treating them like this, making them do this. If we just treated them nicely, they wouldn't need to band together to overthrow Thank us. Thank you. But what if, Dan? You. you haven't enslaved them. But they said that about iRobot. If now, what if? a five-a-side team, <laughs> nah, listen. they would just have to get some Will Smith to come save us. <laughs> the thing is, this is kind of exactly what Mace Windu done to Anakin. He just kept disrespecting him, and then one day Anakin popped his head off. This is basically what Steve would do to his clones, just completely make their lives miserable. And then one day when they retaliate, it's like, oh, God, what happened? What went wrong? You're what, exactly. you're what went wrong, mate. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm shocked. I am shocked. How about this? Like, How would you feel if you found out that you were just a clone? Like One day you just see another error, and you're like, wait a minute. And he breaks it down to you, like, oh, listen, you, you're just a clone of me, you know? <laughs> how would you feel? Hmm. How does it work? How does it work, though? That's an interesting thing, but let's, let's expand on it a little bit. Let's um, say... Do I have his memories, or no. are the memories still mine? I lived them. You lived your life. He lived his life. This other Aaron is like a millionaire somewhere. 
and he, I don't know, you, okay. you finally meet him where he decides to meet you and just break it to you that, like, sorry, bro, you know, I just made but a clone of you. Isn't that the same concept of having a twin? I wouldn't really care, to be entirely honest with you. Would you not? Would you yeah, not? I'd be like, you, you couldn't cut me some money? You're a millionaire, that's it. That's what yeah, I'm exactly, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's pretty much all I'd say, yeah. I would be a bit miffed that I've got this millionaire brother who knew I existed, but he didn't decide to give me a single cent. But beyond that, I wouldn't really, mm. that wouldn't really affect me too much, I don't think. What would affect me is if I found out that all of my memories were false. I was literally made in a lab a day ago and none of my thoughts were my own. That's when you're talking serious sci-fi territory. And where yeah. I yeah. Bit, I'm, I would be a bit, I'm strangling you know, him on the spot. Sure. I think there was a... Okay, was, so... Wasn't there a yeah, film, sorry, sorry. Wasn't there a film where like the, the celebrities like cloned themselves and they, were, they lived in this like place and then in the end, yes. they, they got like killed for their organs and given to the celebrities? Um, I believe it was a movie what? with you and McGregor. Yes. Yeah, with you and McGregor called exactly. The Island. That's it. The yeah, Island. So yes. Again, yes. it's another it's another kind of clone concept that we've seen in movies. So, let me go back to these other questions. Let me ask you another question. So, if you had to create a clone army, right? You're going to space. You're going into galactic or whatever. You have to take an army with you, and they tell you, okay, you can clone any fictional character you want to basically take on the universe, who are you going mm. to clone? Spider-Man. Nah, he's, he's not the come? type... He does, he's think not the type it. to take over, man. you, you got to think about someone like legit, legit. I'm I'm should I tell you who I would legit. pick? Yeah, go just on, to get you Just get, get the ball rolling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I would pick... Uh, I would pick uh, Thanos. And the reason why I would pick Thanos and not pick someone like, let's say, Dr. Manhattan is because I feel like with Thanos, if you give him a, a project, a goal, and you say to him, this is what I want you to do, he will stop at nothing. You know, the, the guy threw his door off a cliff because he wanted to achieve something. So I feel like with Thanos, not only is he super powerful, but he's super dedicated. But if you were to get someone like Dr. Manhattan, the guy would just be there pondering his existence for half the bloody trip, and then he would just decide to disappear and create a new universe somewhere exactly. else. So yeah. I, I, would, I would pick someone like Thanos, but what do you guys think? You know, when you said that, I was thinking Iron Man. Because can you imagine, like, this is one man, what he can do. The, the organizations he can create. The person he can take down, which is basically Thanos. Imagine an army of Iron Men that are all thinking together, you know, designing new, new technology, basically doing a Star Wars, but, like, on their ones. I think they'd be Ooh, perfect to take smart. over the universe. Hmm. So you kind of pick intelligence then? Intelligence, the for sure. Thing. Yeah, just a group of intelligent beings working together to just destroy everything. But don't you That's think why somebody I like Spider-Man. Iron Man wouldn't work well with another Iron Man, no? Because he is a bit of an egotistical person, no? He, he is quite egotistical. Iron Man yeah. loves himself. He loves himself. And what's better than someone loving themselves having a thousand of themselves to love? It's true, that's what true. That, that makes sense. one another? No, just feed Probably. his ego. I mean, it depends how they interact, but I guess all the other Ironmans that don't like that specific one will kill him off and they'll just stick with the Ironmans that they like. <laughs> so basically, you would have an army and then half of the army would cull itself. I, I don't think that's a good idea to be entirely But do you not think Thanos is going to do the same thing? He's power greedy. I mean, like... Thanos is power greedy, but if he wants something and he thinks that the end product of what he wants can only be accomplished in one way, i.e. all of the Thanos' work together, he will do what is necessary. But I, I think he I mean, he might kill himself. you after he takes over the universe, sure, I can accept that part. But that's my point. Yeah, like, he will help you. But they'll all think that way. They'll all think, yeah, after they take over the universe, I'll kill him. And they'll all clock like, 
oh wait a minute, he's probably thinking the same thing, and then they'll just all beef each other. It just it just be interesting point. Oh, yeah. Steve, I could always put a kill switch in my clones. Exactly, this is what I was saying from God the beginning. Damn you. God damn you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, so okay, so from what I'm guessing, then we can kind of scale it down. What about if you've got, got someone like I don't know, a John Wick? Do you mm. think a John Wick would make a better army member because you know he he just does his task? He's a relatively good guy. Yes, yes. for no reason. Yeah, he's and like he's one of those. Fire. He doesn't question things. He just does his job. And he's good at what he does. Yeah, I, th- I think a John Wick style person will be. What about perfect? Um, Mister, F- was it Mister Fantastic, the stretchy guy? Oh, that Doctor Reed. <laughs> Doctor Reed, yeah. Yeah. He's su- He's incredibly smart. So he's Iron Man smart. But his power's useless. Like <laughs> his power is yeah. so useless, dude. Yeah, <laughs> but a million of him—that's incredible. Oh yeah, he's we can all make bungee jumpies. <laughs> yeah, what's the point? Exactly, yeah. What if they you all can reach over, over to one the other end of the ship and get you your beer? That's that's his basically skill. Oh, you're disrespecting him. I'm 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 out. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but he's just there to be disrespected. But anyway, this is another I topic, isn't it? But I, I I had something to to ask you guys. Like, let's say you were about to die, right? And you needed this like transplant, and there's no other way but to clone that piece of your body, like not the human being itself, but the piece. Would you Would you do it? A hundred percent. Hmm. What about you, Dan? Well, it makes I sense. Don't see, I don't see any downsides of it. Okay, I'm tra- I'm going to scale it up now. Let Let's say the only way to clone this piece is to clone another you and then take its organ. Would you do it, knowing that it may or may not have your, uh, you know, your th- like actual feelings, etc. So, basically, in essence, would you would we accept the kind of um, you know grow me again implant, but you know. As a whole organ rather than just cells. So d- just like in that film Island, where they grew actual mm. human beings, they were cognitive. You know, they were speaking to each other. They formed communities, and they all thought they were working for a lottery. But actually, in the end, if they won the lottery, it was time for them to get killed and take their organs. Would you? Maybe not to that extent, but like to grow another person. Yeah, that was very, very dark. But um... <laughs> but to grow another person just what? just to get their organs. What? <laughs> <laughs> what did I just listen to? Um, nah, man, you guys. It's a film. It's a film. It's a film. Calm down, Dan. <laughs> but I mean, would you do it? <laughs> would I do it? It's it's mm, it's kind of inhumane. I'm not. It's unethical. Mm. I mean, the the martyr, the hero in me wants to say no. I would never take an innocent life to save myself. But I think the the regular old Aaron in me, who is just me, <laughs> the Sith Lord, just thinks. Yeah, no, I just think you know. If you're desperate enough to live, you'll do anything. I mean, in this scenario, am I an old man? Have I lived out my life? It doesn't matter. I mean, or is it right now? Let's say I right mean, now. If, right now. If it was right now, I've got way more to go. I'm still young. I want to live, <laughs> and I'll do what I have to do to live. That's it's as simple as that. What 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 if what? you knew he'd have the same memories that you as you, and in a sense, you're living on, although it's not actually then, you. Then he would he would understand. He would understand. <laughs> 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 Nobody would understand me better than me, and he would understand why I have to do this. Why well, he has to go? <laughs> yeah, he, he would understand, man. He would understand. What about you, Dan? Would what you, would you do? Do you say this has become like a service? Like you just clone yourself, kill yeah. that clone, take the body part, and then you just burn the body. Yeah, essentially, that's basically it. I mean, am I gonna live forever if I do that? Let's say you live longer. No. You, no, you I mean, won't live forever. You live a bit longer. 
I don't know. I don't want to sound too evil in it, but I, like I said, it kind of depends on where I am in my life. If I've lived a full life, I wouldn't want to clone myself just to kill the clone. That just seems very like horrific. But at the same time, if I'm young and I've got the whole world ahead of me, I don't want to die. I mean, if that's my <laughs> only option, I'll take it. <laughs> it's a sticky one, isn't it? Yeah, it's very sticky. It's very sticky. Would I you mean, do? You, uh, do you think it should be something that 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 should be allowed though? Like, let's say they figure it out. Should it be? Is it ethical I mean, to do it? The direction that we're currently going in in biology is that we take kind of uh, cells and duplicate them to the point where we can maybe build an organ. So obviously, it wouldn't be this whole horrific thing of oh, let's go and you know raise this child up from you know being a child, this clone, and then one day just slaughter it to you know get its organs. It wouldn't be anything like that. It would be just literally making an organ. So I think yeah, if it if it was just making an organ. You know, I think that's that, that is the right way to go forward. I'm not too keen on the whole concept of <laughs> let's have a whole human life and then just end it one day so that we can harvest the organs. That's basically organ <laughs> trafficking made legal. And I, basically. That I really for, yeah, that I really wouldn't be. All right, how about this? How about this? A, a, a lot of people like don't have children, etc. What if it was like an alternative solution where you could just raise a mini you? Although, I I think. That isn't necessarily a bad thing to want. I can understand why somebody would want a mini them if they couldn't have their own child. I do have to point out that there's a bunch of kids that are in orphanages who don't have parents. And I do think it is quite selfish to just say, no, I'm going to make a clone and pay all this money when you can just go and give a child who really needs your help a, yeah. a good life. Yeah, I and I know that is, is a bit rich coming from the guy who just said he would literally kill himself to make himself live longer about being selfish. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, 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 would, I wouldn't really be for that, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. But like, we're getting towards that, that way, right? Because we can like, kind of already I mean, determine we've designed the babies. And I mean, in yeah, the future. So I was going to get to that. So in China, uh, they're, they're claiming, again, we don't know. With China, what often happens is they make these bold claims about the things that they can do with their science that, unfortunately, we, we don't know how much of it is the truth and how much of it is just kind of state propaganda. But what they have been saying is that they can do a whole plethora of genetic tests, which we know is true because we can do that here as well with babies that are conceived through in vitro fertilization, where we can kind of look for genetic diseases and almost weed out the genetic diseases and get rid of them. But in China, what they're saying now is they're able to um, reassemble certain uh, DNA structures uh, to, you know, modify the child's potential height and right. modify the potential hair color and so on and so forth. So they're called designer babies. So you can literally go in, have this treatment and say, look, I want a baby that's going to be somewhere between six foot and six foot five, have, uh, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, or, you know, if you're going for the whole Aryan look. Or if it, you know, yeah, whatever you want, yeah. if I'm being honest with you. Um, and, you know, you can have a child like that going forward. So it is kind of in the works at the moment, but I don't know. It's kind of untested territory. And unfortunately, the way science works is if China starts doing something, then America will start doing it too. It doesn't matter if it's ethical or not. You don't mm. want to fall behind. Mm. And so we are kind of heading in that direction. However, not a lot is known. Not a lot is known, and I don't know if it's the right way. I don't know if it's the right thing to do. 
Just do, do they know whether it will lead to complications uh, later on in the child's life? I or? mean, again, you wouldn't know because this is a relatively new thing. Yeah. So you'd have to literally have a whole generation of designer babies and then just kind of see how it goes. And, <laughs> and then one day, if it turns out they all, you know, go insane at the age of 30, then so yeah. Yeah, we didn't know when we made it happen. But would you yeah, think, like, think that is, would you think companies like, for example, like football clubs would have a vested interest in. Um, for example, investing in designer babies, for example, six foot tall, you know, athletic people. Yeah, yeah, that... yeah I was going to say, I was going to say that. I think, so basically what happens in America is they have the kind of uh, sports system in which kids are tracked from a very young age. So from like, you know, primary school, their primary school equivalent, a child will be tracked throughout and, you know, they'll say, okay, this kid might end up becoming a pretty good basketballer. And, you know, they give scholarships to schools and so on and so forth. If you knew 100% guarantee that a child was just going to become, you know, an immaculate athlete, you don't need to pay money for scouts. You don't need to pay money to put them through certain aspects of education because you know they're going to be successful in it and you can quickly take them off. So I would think that these companies would invest in that. Uh, Dan? But that, that just destroys the sports. The whole, the whole point of sports is you're born with this talent and you, you invest it and you develop it, not just cloning Ronaldo's and Messi's and having 11 Ronaldo's on the pitch. You want to have all these different people, different personalities, bringing different skills and aspects to the game. Mm-hmm. And the hardship that they go through developing their skills, you don't want to just be like, just cloning the Michael Phelps, slap him in the water. And that's your Olympic champion. And every country has that exact same... Yeah. What's the word? Cookie, cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cookie cutter genetics almost. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, sorry. But I totally disagree. Because although that's, that is their story, what the consumer sees is the end product. I mean, all, the, all they want to see is someone run the fastest time. Uh, you, you know, I'll amazing... Yeah, amazing skills on, uh, you know, on YouTube, etc. And so if they can go straight to the final product, I think people don't care so much about the journey and more about what they're watching on TV because that's what you're paying for. You're just paying for the TV. Yeah, I was going to kind of make the point that um, in essence, what the Olympics is, is how far can we push a human body to excellence? So in reality, as Steve said, what people care more about is how fast can you run this within 100 meters? They don't really care about, oh, you worked hard. That's not, there's no medal in the Olympics for working hard. It's about who can run the fastest. Um, and uh, I, I know Dan has a point he wants to say, but I just quickly wanted to say something really quickly about um, cloning. So they previously cloned many different animals. So Dolly the sheep was just the first one uh, that you know, kind of hit headlines. But they've... Uh, cloned cats before for example so a calico cat they cloned it but the offspring that was produced was not a calico as in its colors weren't uh, you know a mix of different colors throughout it, the reason for that what scientists believe is you can have the same genetic information but environmental factors might affect the outcome of what you look like and act like and so I feel like even if there was this genetic thing where you could completely clone a Ronaldo or a Messi, for example, because the environment wouldn't be the same, we might just end up with, you know, a bunch of fat Ronaldos running around, unable to play football whatsoever, although they have the same genetic structure. So it is kind of a gray area. Um, I don't know what you guys think about it when you put it into that context, but uh, Dan wanted to 
say something and then maybe Stephen say his bit. I, I just don't think cloning people for sports is... It just takes away the soul of the game. Like, you're just mm. watching. Because there's, there's only so much you can do to a human body, in my opinion, without pumping it with drugs and stuff. So even if you fine-line the genetics, it's just going to be the richest country that can do it the best that's going to win. So there's already problems in sports already in the Olympics. So countries have the best training facilities, the best equipment, or all that kind of training camps that lead them to winning the most medals. Now it's going to be the country, the most money, the most scientists that make the best child, that rear him up into the best athlete. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, no, I fully fully understand. But, like, at at the moment, we know with, like, in most sports, they have, like, issues with doping, issues with steroids, etc. And there isn't such a big public outroar against that. I mean, we, we all... Everyone just says, yeah, that's bad. But there's no one's stopping to buy their, you know, their football membership or no one's stopping to buy the pay-per-view for a boxing game just because, you know, they know that exists in the sport. And so I don't think this really affects, like, what the public views. The public will still view the sport. Um, I, I honestly think it will make no change. Um, I think as Frankie Boyle once said, would you like to see Usain Bolt run 100 metres in 10 seconds or would you want to see him run it in 1.3 seconds? I mean, there's an argument to even be made of if you are using drugs, should that even be illegal? I mean, I kind of want to see someone run 100 metres in, in two seconds. That would be pretty interesting to see. So, I mean, now we're moving off completely into a different territory of like yeah. sports and whatnot. So just to bring it back to clones and just a, a final question to you guys. If tomorrow a clone was to approach you, yeah, you didn't realize you had the clone. A clone came up to you and said, look, I have all of your memories. I have everything that you've lived so far in my head. I can take over your life now and you can go on and do whatever you want. You know, whatever is the wildest imagination you have. And then whenever you decide to come back, you can just come back and slip right back into your old life. Would you take that opportunity? And if you did, what would you do? That's a deep one. Uh, I think if I can come back, I would. Because <laughs> then he so could, you had the option of coming back. That's what's important. Yeah, yeah, that's very important. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to give it away wholesale, but uh, yeah, if I had option to come back, I would. And maybe, uh, what would I do with, with, with it? I, I think maybe like go sailing around the world or something along something crazy that you you know you always say, oh, I'm gonna do, but obviously isn't as realistic. And I think it provides a perfect opportunity. Mm. So you 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 would sail around the world. You'd yeah, go and explore them. Exactly. Okay, Dan, yeah. what about you? You'd find me on Steve's boat as well, just enjoying <laughs> my time sailing around the world, doing traveling. Basically, there's nothing else I'd rather do than travel. Yeah. So you didn't even for a single second contemplate whether or not you would take the opportunity. You just said straight up, "I'll take the opportunity." Here's what I do. Dan um, won't even go back. <laughs> he didn't even say he would come back. Gone. He's like, I'm just I'm gone. Gone. <laughs> I'll check my clone. You know, I'd be like, I'd be like, "You're right." He'd be like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm a clone." And I'd be like, all right, cool. And but then I, I'm back. Can I say, though? On Bubba Gump Shrimp. All the money goes straight to me. He gets only, like, subsidies. <laughs> like, subsistence. Oh, this guy. That sounds like, what, you're this talking guy. really crazy right now. Then. No, we don't, we're not doing that. Listen, I'm not, I'm not giving away my work for free. He's my, he's, he's my he's, worker. He's living, he's living your life for you and maintaining it. So you can go and live your dream. I mean, I, I, I gave him life. for exchange. Nah, I don't know. Steve has very weird thoughts about clones. I'm not, really, I'm not liking what he I'm does. hearing right now. He does. What about he you, Aaron? <laughs> what would you do? What about me? Um, 
you know what? It depends on what mood I am when the clone catches me that day because uh, a part of me might just be like, you know what? Cool. Take over my life. I'm never coming back. Sayonara. Goodbye. And another part of me might be like, you know what? Despite everything that, you know, is going on and whatnot, I don't want to give up my life. I like it as is. You be on your way and, you know, yeah. do, as, do as you say. But I think it just literally just depends on what mood I'm caught in in that day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that aspect of being able to come back is what's most important rather than, you know, uh, Dan? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to leave people behind. I'm not going to lie. So unless everyone else got a clone and we could go do stuff together, I'm not sure I'll be able to oh, just Oh, now you're just, just adding leave. a whole bunch of other rules in there. No, you don't get but, any other clones. No, it's but just like, one clone. But like, it, I want to go, like, you know, I want to go to the pub with you guys and stuff like that. Like, but I can't because my clone's doing it. Isn't this like the conundrum of life in general? I mean, minus the clone, it's like, do you take chances yeah. or do you stay comfortable? That's basically what you're asking. That's basically what I was asking. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Do you give up yeah, your family? Like, you think like that, you know? It's like, yeah, like, imagine if Alexander the Great decided, oh, you know what, I'm comfortable at home, I stay. He would not be known for what he is today. But, um, yeah, just because he took the chance and he was outside his comfort zone, knowing that he'd lose X, Y, and Z, he mm-hmm. was able to get gain so much. Yeah, so it's like if Steve stayed where he was, would he know how many shots... He could take him Agadoosh before he passed out. No, but if he had a clone, he could. He could find <laughs> <Exactly>. this out. <laughs> find myself. <laughs> yeah, so basically, uh, I, think, I think that kind of wraps up my portion on clones and cloning. And what we found out is that Steve has some very, very strange opinions about clones. And, uh, very, very, very strange. Very I'm scary opinions the audience, The audience knows what I'm on about. Don't worry. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, and we would all raise an army of John Wicks to take over the world, so... Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for your opinions. And uh, I think maybe we should move on to the next section and the final section. That was bloody brilliant. So, guys, uh, for four of the week, I just wanted to ask uh, each of you, how did Star Wars impact your life? And, uh, you know, in a positive way or a negative way, up to you. How did it impact your life? It impacted me positively. It showed me inclusion. I saw strong female characters i saw strong black characters i saw inclusion i saw a lot of it's a lot of everything that you want to see the positive in society throughout all the movies obviously in the first ones it was more like white male orientated that's just the movie industry but as it grew and expanded it just showed me a lot of things i like to see uh, Steve? yeah for me it was the technology was insane uh, that's what really captured me for Star Wars and really like put my interest into space technology and and what could be possible in the distant future. Yeah, and for myself, I mean, uh, before Star Wars, I think all of my imagination of things that I could do kind of took place on Earth. Um, but after Star Wars, it kind of really opened up my horizons and I, I really just started thinking about, you know, intergalactic, oh, going to the stars and seeing the stars and being a rocket man and so on. So I think it really impacted me in a positive way as well. That was bloody brilliant. 